Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning, the final from Comerica Park in Detroit. It's the Cleveland Guardians 5, the Detroit Tigers 2. I'm Davey Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and I want to talk about the actual game on the field, the thing I enjoy, watching baseball being played. The thing is, I'm actually traveling for work. I'm using uh, my backup microphone. I'm in a hotel room right now, so it probably sounds a little bit echoey, a little bit weird, and I did not get to watch a lot of this game. I didn't get to watch any of this game. Uh, Very, very busy week right now, but... I'm here to talk about it because this is a place to talk about the game. This is a place to go to say, hey, did you catch the game? Hey, did you hear what happened in the game? So, of course, I caught up on it. Of course, I've watched the highlights. Of course, I've checked over the box score. And I got some thoughts. I got some thoughts on some things. So let's get into it. Also, I have to start very early in the morning for work tomorrow. So that means I'm recording this at night before going to bed. In fact, the Twins and Dodgers are still playing in the eighth inning right now. However, the Dodgers are kicking the Twins' butt. So by the time you listen to this in the morning, we might be tied for first place. Unless the Twins have a miraculous comeback. Which means this show is now Cleveland Baseball Nightly. Yeah, we have a slightly different vibe at night, right? A more chill vibe. It also helps I'm trying to keep my voice down a little bit because there's people all around me sleeping. So let's get into this. Let's talk a little bit about this baseball game because I was excited to check in on it a few times. I was with a friend who's a big Cleveland Guardians fan. Uh, You've actually heard him email in and call in before into the show. And uh, yeah, uh, it was nice to check in on the game and see that we were beating up on Detroit, especially after the last time we went to Detroit. Now, we were facing a lefty starter, which means Francona gets all weird with the lineup again. He goes ahead and inserts Owen Miller at DH. What do we need Owen Miller in there as the designated hitter for? He has terrible splits. I tweeted it out before the game, but the guy has absolutely terrible splits. He, this season, he's batting 191 with an on-base of 284 and slugging 319 against left-handed pitching. And it does not like it gets any better for his career. For his career, he hit 194, he has an on-base of 263, and he slugs 309 against left-handed pitching. So yes, we get to keep Andres Jimenez in the lineup tonight, and he delivers with two hits, by the way, including a double. But we don't get to see Nolan Jones, we don't get to see Will Benson, We don't get to see Tyler Freeman. Instead, we get to see Owen Miller in there at DH. I understand if you need his defense at first base. But there's no need for him to be a designated hitter, especially against a left-handed pitcher. I'm sorry, but the numbers... You can tell me, Davey, you're just a podcaster. Terry Francona knows what he's doing. He's a professional at this. He's he's got the numbers in front of him. He knows what he's doing. (sighs) I mean, I have the numbers too. We all, everybody on Guardians Twitter has the numbers. We're all looking at the numbers. And the numbers just don't point to Owen Miller needing a DH against a left-handed starting pitcher. Now, the offense was very cold to start the game. In fact, both pitchers had decent games. Both go seven innings. Um, Both are quality starts. Uh, But the Guardians offense does finally wake up in the fifth fifth inning. And of course... Of course, after that huge rant, it's technically Owen Miller 
that gets things started in that fifth inning. Now, it's not like Owen Miller had a great offensive game, but he does single to start the scoring and start the rally, and he does score the first run of the game. So after all that, Owen Miller did find a way to contribute offensively in this game, although I still say it's kind of a wasted spot. It's it's four wasted at-bats on Owen Miller. Those would not be wasted at-bats. Finding out if Nolan Jones or Will Benson can play every day. Can they play in the majors against left-handed pitching? So we, we lost four opportunities to find out. But we do finally get the scoring going in the fifth inning. Uh, it's some clutch hitting from Austin Hedges, the bottom of the lineup actually getting things done. By the way, now you got Andres Jimenez hitting seventh because you're splitting up the left-handed hitters. Like, ah, God, it's killing me here. Uh, Andres Jimenez, you got to find a reason to have him higher in the lineup. He should not, your all-star second baseman should not be hitting seventh in this lineup. So anyways, uh, Hedges comes up with a runner on third, less than two outs, and he does the job. How many times do we talk about it? You got to get that run in from third base, and Austin Hedges gets the job done. So all right, uh, I'll take a sack fly from my light-hitting catcher, you know, in the eighth spot of the lineup. Austin Hedges, who is in there primarily for defense, let's face it, and his defense actually falters at the end of this game. There's actually two wild pitches. They get credited as wild pitches or pass balls. One was a pass ball. One was a wild pitch. Is that what the box score is trying to tell me here? Uh, I don't see an error markdown. So how can it not be a wild pitch on Eli Morgan? I guess technically because it was a walk. He walked him here. So that's how the run came in to score. And then Emmanuel Classe comes in and throws a wild pitch. But two balls did go to the backstop. I'm not crazy. Two balls did go to the backstop for Austin Hedges in the ninth inning, which is surprising because he's there for defense. But he does deliver the first run of the game with a sack fly. Uh, man, I keep getting on these tangents tonight. All right, let's get back into the scoring here because, I mean, that's the top storyline for the game. The Guardians offense played a really solid game, uh, you know, in support of Shane Bieber. Uh, you know, all the runs are scored with Bieber still in the game, really. So they gave him five runs of support tonight. I feel like that's the top storyline uh, you know, we didn't let the fact that we got swept last time we were in Detroit affect us. We went in there and we handled business like a first place team in the American League Central should handle business in Detroit. So that sixth inning, we get a really nice rally started back to back doubles by Quan and Ahmed Rosario. I feel like I don't have the stats to prove this. I, I, I don't have it from StatCast. I can't uh, cross the streams between pitch location and his spray chart, but I feel like Ahmed Rosario when the pitches are up, he does a really good job of pulling the ball and, uh, you know, hammering it out to left field. And when the pitches are down, that's when he goes the opposite way. Usually when we're talking about a guy's approach, we're talking about inside pitches versus outside pitches. This is a situation where I feel like this one that Ahmed Rosario gets here up, this double that he hits, is a pitch that's up in the zone. And, uh, yeah, it does a really good job of pulling it down the left field line, getting on top of the ball. Uh, and driving it down that left field line. Um, everything he hit tonight, in fact, was was in. Man, they were really jamming this guy in here. Um, in the fourth inning, he had a double as well with one out on an inside forcing fastball. This one was a cutter that was up and in on a 3-2 count, and he turns on it and drives it down the left field line. Uh, he would also single on in the eighth inning on a pitch that was up and in. All four of his at-bats ended with a pitch up and in tonight against Amon Rosario. 
frankly, if I'm pitching Ahmed Rosario, I'm trying to get him chase something down and away, but they decided to go up and in, and they paid for it with three hits tonight from Ahmed Rosario, who just continues to be red hot. Uh, so yeah, so uh, a big double here brings in the second run of the game. Unfortunately, the rally would end there. Oscar Gonzalez would single and move him up to third, but Naylor would hit into a double play to end things. But then they really blow it open in the top of the eighth inning. Uh, with one out, Stephen Kwan would walk to start the rally. So Kwan starts two rallies in this game from the leadoff spot. You love to see that. Ahmed Rosario with that single into right field moves him up to second. Then after Jose Ramirez would line out sharply, Oscar Gonzalez would drive a double off the wall in right field in the right field corner. I went to a spray chart because I feel like it felt like Oscar Gonzalez has been trying to go to the opposite field a lot lately. Looking at his spray chart, that's really not the case. Most of his hits are pulled. Most of his hits are definitely coming from left field. Uh, Yeah, I can't even say up the middle. Most of them left of second base, left field. All his power seems to be out to left field right now. But he does have another double. I believe this probably makes his third double off the wall in right field. Sometimes the spray chart is slow to update on baseball savant. So, it is his third double off the wall into that right field corner. So he's shown the ability to do it. He's still he's still a pull heavy hitter. Um, and I'm not just talking about his, his stat cast numbers. I'm talking about the actual spray chart, the actual hits landing on the field. Let's see what his stat cast numbers are saying. Yeah, his stat cast numbers are saying uh, he's a pull hitter, pretty hard pull hitter, 46.4% of the time he's pulling the ball. So yeah, I'd call that a pretty dead pull hitter from Oscar Gonzalez, but it works here. He goes the opposite way. Uh, He goes and gets one and shoots it out to right field and two runs come in to score. We really blow this thing open and then Naylor with a nice insurance run, a nice approach, shoots it up the middle and brings in Gonzalez to score. So the top of the lineup, really bottom to top, I mean, this lineup was really effective on the night. The only one who had a bad night was Miles Straw. He goes over four in the nine spot. But even Hedges in the eighth spot finds a way to deliver an RBI. So one through eight is all contributing offensively. That's just a really, really solid night. Three hits leads the way for Ahmed Rosario. Multi-hit games from Oscar Gonzalez and Andres Jimenez. That's a nice night. That's a really nice night offensively for the Guardians. Uh, especially on a night when they don't walk very much. Only one walk for the entire night from the Guardians. And it's Stephen Kwan to start that rally in the eighth inning. Everything else was done with the bat. It was done with hits. So that's a really nice job by this Guardians offense to put up a nice solid five runs on 11 hits. So that was the top storyline for me in this game. The other thing going on, obviously Shane Bieber uh, in the bullpen. Obviously, we're going to talk pitching next, but Shane Bieber, very, very solid in this start. The velocity wasn't uh, the fastball velocity is still about what you think it's going to be. Um, you know, still around 91 miles per hour. Uh, but it was a very, very good uh, job of using the knuckle curve and the slider, getting strikeouts with his off-speed pitches. He got a lot of call strikes with that four-seam fastball. Wasn't blowing it by anybody at an average speed of 91.4 but was getting a lot of called strikes, which tells me he was locating it. Uh, it's a, a, th- a 58% whiff rate, though, on the knuckle curve. That was the pitch. Man, the knuckle curve. Seven whiffs 
on 12 swings on that knuckle curve. Throw in a few more whiffs on the slider. It's a 32% CSW total on the day for Bieber, which is really solid. That's really solid stuff from Shane Bieber. It's a, it's in, it's not a remarkable start. It's a little bit unremarkable, but it's solid. I mean, it was shut out. It was a seven innings of shutout baseball. Bieber's final line on the day, seven innings pitched, four hits given up, only five hard hit balls, no runs, a walk, and eight strikeouts on 91 pitches. That's a really solid seven innings. Um, so yeah, so where were those strikeouts coming? Well, he got into this thing with Javi Baez, where Baez just kept taking called strike threes. It starts in the first inning. He just blows a fastball right by him in that first inning. And it's surprising because when we go to the actual at-bat, I wanted to check this matchup out because I was like, how did he freeze Baez so bad in this first inning? Well, he throws him a ton of fastballs away. So he's seen this pitch a bunch. In fact, he takes the first one slightly off the plate for ball one. Then he misses a little bit further outside for ball two, tries to go high, misses ball three, or I'm sorry, third pitch of the at-bat, ball two. So it's a one and two count. Then comes back, hits the outside edge of the plate. So he hasn't taken the bat off his shoulder yet. Hits the outside edge of the plate, the same place that first pitch was. Uh, now it's a two-two count. Then goes to the slider. And I'm wondering if this is what happened. He goes to the slider and he fouls it off. So does he have Bieber thinking, or does he have Baez thinking now? Okay, he's thrown me five fastballs, four fastballs in this at-bat. Just threw me the slider. He's moved off the fastball. He's trying to use an off-speed pitch to strike me out. I got to think that maybe, this is total speculation here, but, you know, why else would you get locked up by another outside fastball? This one has more of the plate than any fastball he's seen yet, and he's completely locked up by it. So did that slider on the fifth pitch throw him off the scent of the fastball enough that he locks him up with another one, comes right back to it and locks him up on the outside edge? Maybe maybe he's thinking he's done with fastballs. I'm seeing a slider or a curve here, and then boom, that fastball is just on him, and he can't take the bat off his shoulder. Then later in the game, he tries to call time and doesn't get it called. And ends up taking another called strike three, this time on a slider right down the middle of the plate, just below the belt uh, for a called strike three in the third inning. So Baez was not having a great night. Baez also got one that he thought he barreled up. The announcers thought he barreled up, and it just died out there in left field. Uh, and it was just a fly out to Quan. It wasn't even considered a hard hit ball. I think it was around 92 mile per hour exit velocity. Uh, so he, they showed him in the dugout, like looking at the bat, trying to find where the mark was on the bat from the ball where he struck it. And yeah, I think he just kind of missed the barrel there. I mean, if he if he hits it in the sweet spot of the bat, the ball it's gone. It's a home run. I mean, he he got on the pitch, uh, just missed the barrel of the bat enough that it was a fly out to Quan. So four of the strikeouts, even though it doesn't have a high CSW number or as high as the curve, four strikeouts come via the slider on the day, two on the knuckle curve, and then uh, two on the four-seam fastball. He also got Miguel Cabrera frozen on a 3-2 four-seam fastball away in the fourth inning. So it's good stuff from Shane Bieber. Like I said, not, you know, not Cy Young award-winning start from Shane Bieber, but really, really solid stuff here. Um, Then the bullpen comes in. 
And man, Karinchek does it again, gets the eighth inning and does it again. Two more strikeouts in the eighth inning. Are you ready for these CSW numbers? I don't think I've ever said it to you before, morning people. He had a perfect 100% CSW on his curveball. Threw four of them, got two whiffs and two called strikes. A perfect 100% CSW on his curveball. It was literally unhittable on the night. Uh, so yeah, so Karen check and he gets both of his strikeouts with the curveball down. And then, uh, unfortunately, Eli Morgan would come into the game into the ninth inning. And here's where things get a little bit tense, a little bit nuts. Uh, he gives up back to back singles to kick off the inning. So it's already not going well. Then Candelario would walk. It would load the bases. Willie Castro would line out to shortstop. So, okay. He gets saved a little bit there. Uh, by Willie Castro lining out. Uh, it wasn't a very hard hit ball. It was 65.7 mile per hour exit velocity. Uh, but, uh, you know, when you think line out, you think hard hit ball. There really is no word for a softly hit ball on a line to an infielder. It's it's a line out whether you hit it 65 or 95. Uh, and then he would walk. Uh, oh, no, he would strike out Jonathan Scope on a foul tip, then walk Eric Haas to bring in the first run of the game for the Tigers. Uh, and then they would go to Emmanuel Classe because obviously Eli, Eli Morgan at this point is just absolutely struggling out there. Uh, I mean, he threw 25 pitches, only 14 strikes. It was not going well for Eli Morgan. Uh, let's see. Let's go to the results tab and see where was he getting hit here. Both the hits came on pitches that were kind of up into the glove side, both sliders. Uh, both singles were sliders that were to the glove side of the plate that Reyes and Castro hit for singles. Uh, he got the uh, line out on a changeup. He got the uh, strikeout, the foul tip strikeout on a slider down and away. There's a big difference between a slider up above the belt and a slider down at the knees. Big difference there. And then the two walks, one was a changeup in the dirt. That's the one in the house that went all the way to the backstop. He also walked Candelario on a four-seam fastball on a 3-0 count that missed up to the glove side of the plate. So, yeah, really struggling to throw strikes there. And when he did with that slider, it was a really hittable pitch, a nice meaty pitch for those guys to line singles back up into the outfield with. So Eli Morgan has struggled. And uh, Classe is able to come in despite a wild pitch. He, of course, gets a ground out to end things, to end the game. So Classe is able to shut it down, gets his 25th save. But Eli Morgan has really, really start, struggled. If we go to the game logs here, I mean, the month of August is not looking pretty so far. He's given up two hits in all three of his appearances so far in August. He's carrying a 13.5 ERA so far for the month of August. Now, it's been only three appearances, but even for the month of July, he had a 6.75 ERA. Uh, since... Uh, Facing the White Sox on July 23rd, he's had six appearances, and he's given up runs in four of the six appearances. So it has been a really big struggle lately for Eli Morgan. Remember, he's a very young guy. Still, um, you know, this is really his second taste of big league action. I don't know if he's still technically considered a rookie or not. I don't know if he pitched enough innings last year to still be considered a rookie, but he's basically a rookie. And he's doing this for the first time, right? Pitching out of the bullpen like this, high leverage situations for the first time. So maybe he is running out of gas a little bit. Maybe that's it. Uh, you know, he's definitely struggling to throw strikes in this one. 
and he gets beat up. Now, on the other side of things, there is a player who's been doing really good lately, and I wanted to give him a shout-out because Oscar Gonzalez, since coming back from injury, has been fantastic. He missed the entire month of July, comes back on his first game on August 2nd, uh, and he's hit in every game. He's on a uh, seven-game hit streak since coming, I'm sorry, a six-game hit streak since coming back from injury in August now. He's hitting 375 for the month of August with a 958 OPS. That's a really, really, that's a fantastic way to jump back into the lineup for Oscar Gonzalez. Remember, Gonzalez is a guy that wasn't necessarily one of the most highly regarded prospects. He's a guy that we could have actually lost through some kind of minor league free agency transaction. We were able to hold on to him. Uh, And so if he does turn out to be a great right fielder for the Cleveland Guardians franchise, then, I mean, it'll be a real stroke of luck for this front office uh, because he's been someone who's hammered the ball his entire time in the minor leagues, and now he finally gets a chance up here at the majors. Uh, It probably took too long to get him up here in the majors, but they finally get him up here, and it's really paying dividends. I mean, he has been absolutely fantastic. Uh, so MVP on the day, I'm giving it to Oscar Gonzalez. I know Bieber pitched really good. Bieber with eight strikeouts in a sh- seven shutout innings easily could have been MVP for the day. I feel this is more a cumulative award for what Gonzalez has done since he's come back from injury. Uh, yeah, two hits in this one, two RBIs on thanks to the big double in the eighth inning. Those were very important runs. You know, a 2 nothing game and then a 4 nothing game, that's a big difference right there. Uh, So Oscar Gonzalez hitting cleanup, by the way, backing up Jose Ramirez in the lineup. It's a big responsibility, and he comes up with it. And so for that, he's getting MVP on the day. All right, that is all my thoughts on this one. Uh, Yeah, it's a little bit of a shorter episode. It's late. Um, I'm turning in for the night. You enjoy this episode in the morning and throughout your Wednesday. Thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Nightly. Again, the final. It's your Guardians. Are they your first place Guardians? Did they pull it off? Did the uh, did the Twins finally lose that game? Up, oh, it's the bottom of the eighth inning. We'll find out. The Twins have scored two runs. It's an eight to three game right now. So you will find out in the morning when you listen to this episode if we are the first place Guardians. You can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barris. You can email the show at ClevelandBaseballMornings at gmail.com. You can call in using the Anchor app. Uh, The link is in the show notes. Thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Nightly. Nightly.